<laughs> Welcome to the Vale Podcast. Local people, local news, local stories. It has been a hot minute. G'day, Senior Sarge Long. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Jay? Good. So, am I allowed to call you that? Uh. <laughs> Sorry, Senior Sergeant Dale Long is with us, the station commander from Robindale Police Station. How are you, Senior Sergeant Dale Long? I'm going wonderful. <laughs> Good. You'd be uh, a bit stressed out at the moment or are you coping okay with what's going on, the flood situation? No, no, not stressed at all. Um, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> look, we've, uh, in the scheme of things, we've had a lot of time to prepare mm. uh, as opposed to some of the... the uh, areas upstream, I guess. Mm. So I think Romvale prepared really, really well. Um, as you see, there's a, a lot of levees going in down Toll Toll. Mm. That way, there's a, there was a flood of activity and all that sort of stuff. So that was uh, really positive to see that uh, everyone was getting in front of the emerging situation, I guess. Mm. Um, as you saw, the community spirit when it came to sandbagging was fantastic. Uh, in fact, we've still got a, a, a quite an amount of sandbags sitting there, which... I hope will be, uh, perhaps if not used here, uh, distributed downstream for those that may need them. I so, saw that. There's a lump of sand still sitting there too. What's going on there? Yeah, I'm not quite sure with that, but um, <laughs> I'm hoping not to uh, need to utilise the shovel again. Well, I'm because I'm kind of sitting around twiddling my thumbs at the moment waiting for official news, I did send uh, the Robinvale Fire Brigade a message the other day saying, if you need a hand shoveling that sand, I've got time. So yell out, and I haven't had a message back yet. Yeah, no, I'm not quite sure what's what's happening with those, but there's certainly a lot of sandbags that appear to be spare mm. that uh, could certainly could be utilised uh, downstream for those that are uh, in need. And I, I noticed uh, on the way here this morning a uh, semi, in fact, a B double with a heap of sandbags heading uh, Mildura away. So right, perhaps that's happening from further upstream, mm. which would be nice to see. And um, certainly, uh, it's a lot easier to. Uh, not have to fill them and just stack them. Well, yes, this is true, but it is a good workout. It, it and I consider is. it a good workout. <laughs> if you can go for half an hour straight, then good. Good job. Day's yes, done. Yes, no, it's mm. uh, yes, as you know, we uh, we both did a bit of uh, sandbagging down there and um, it was hard to keep up to the shovelers, to be honest. Uh, you couldn't stack quick enough, but anyway. Well, no, this is true. <laughs> I prefer to be, I'll be honest, I prefer to be a shoveler than a stacker. Yeah, stackers uh, really had a fair bit of work and as you would have seen, my pyramid technique wasn't great. I though. was going to say, and I prefer that <laughs> when I'm not doing it on my own, when others are interfering in my <laughs> pallet stacking, I don't cope very well to stick to the shovel, <laughs> thanks very much. But no, it was great to see so many people out. It was, and, and, and it was really uh, from from my um view, really representative of the Romvale community. Yeah. We had members from the Asian population, members from the um, Islander population. Mm-hmm. The Clontarf uh, boys were there. The Clontarf boys were there. Yeah. Uh, Leon brought them along. So yeah, it was a really, really good event. And uh, by crikey, we had that many members there uh, that they didn't last very long before we, I think we knocked it over in about half an hour. Yeah, 40 minutes. I think we did um, 40 cubic metres of sand or something. It was a hell of a lot of sand. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was just phenomenal to yeah. see. And then obviously there was uh, a number of sandbagging events after that mm. and a couple in Euston as well. Yep. Um, so Still a heap of sandbags over at Euston too. Yeah, I, I've noticed that as well. Mm. So hopefully uh, they'll make their way to those that need them. Yeah. Um, so how much do you know – actually, first, before we get before we go downstream a little bit, let's concentrate on, on here. Yep. We saw last week, and I was talking to Dean Jukes, who is obviously an authority on – 
everything, Robin Vale. Right. Bless him. Uh, but he was saying, and I kind of went, when he said the river had dropped a foot overnight, I thought, ah, uh, let's not let the truth get in the way of a good story. I don't know whether it had dropped a foot, but it would have dropped a good half a foot yeah, at actually, least. It actually dropped, uh, well, the stats recorded were about 150 mil, so okay. six inches. Yep. Which is a bloody lot. That I, is I a lot. I certainly noticed it. I've been keeping an eye on the uh, QR code on the barbecue that's underwater down in the oh. hut. <laughs> That's a different and, use for a QR code. And so you could you could see sort of where the height was. And, yeah. Uh, it, it just certainly dropped that much. And and that was a direct result of the a levee breach that um, – and about 100 gig or something went into Lake Karingi. Now, why was that levied off in the first place? Yeah, it's a good question. I have no idea. Why would they be levelling off lakes yeah. that could – and this has been my argument for years. So we live at the back of Lake Powell and Lake Carpel yep. out there – which have been dry for years. I've never seen water in them. Yeah. Uh, now I went for a look on the weekend and we got to the end of Phillips Road at like Powell Road there and yep. there's water over the road. There's chock-a-block. Like, it's chock-a-block. But why aren't we leaving, even with, and this is not a question for you, but I've written to the environmental water holder before, two birds, yeah. one stone. You've got all this water there that you can't use and you carry over year to year. Keep those lakes full. Yeah, it's, it's a really strange scenario that I really don't understand, perhaps for for the other agencies, but, mm. uh, I mean, w- effectively what that breach did was uh, put an enormous amount of water into that that system, mm. dropped the river by a heap, delayed the peak downstream. So it was um, turned out to be, from my point of view, quite beneficial. Well, I would have thought not having a levee in a lake to fill the lake up would have been quite beneficial. However, oh. if we had even more water storages to put all this water in, we might not be having the anyway. That's a again not a discussion to have with Senior Sergeant Dale Long. I'll no, have that with the Premier at some stage. That, maybe that may be a rhetorical <laughs> question for me. But, but um, maybe uh, so that yeah that that's that's uh, really delayed the peak uh, for Muldura mm. and downstream there. Uh, as you would see, look, we've been pretty lucky here. We had a levee built, um, you know, twelve months ago, and it's mm. it's uh, which has held up. It's held up. It's in fantastic nick. Which is great because um, so there were questions. There were. I mean, everyone mm. was was a bit uh, panicked, I suppose, at our town meetings initially mm. as to you know, what was going to happen and uh, they were worried about internal flooding via the stormwater system. But you know, the council had worked all that stuff out. They had a lot of uh, plans underway, so that mm. was all good. Um, so for the impact in Romvale itself in the township, there really hasn't been much. Well, there hasn't, but I do feel for the businesses, like the caravan park. Yeah, poor Chris. Chris. and Wendy, like, yeah. oh, COVID, they've taken over the lease and in their first, you know, five to six years, they've had two years of COVID and now floods. Yeah, you couldn't have picked a more unlucky time to buy oh, a caravan park. And what is a, a, a picturesque caravan park Oh, at the best of times, yeah. which is fantastic, and, and the poor buggers are um, – been belted from pillar mm. to post, so to speak, really. They have. And it's. I remember what it was like after the 16 floods. And that grass has really only just grown back on the foreshore there, which the the premium caravan sites yeah, yeah. with the grass there, that's really only just come back in the last 12 months. So it's going to take another four or five years to you know, I, I do recover. wonder just how, how much work is going to be involved for, for Chris and Wendy mm. to, to bring that back to its um, glory. Mm. Um, and, you know, maybe that's something that the – 
the community could help out and pitch in and yeah. see if we can get our, our tourism back and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Working bees, you know, even service clubs, Lions Club, the Rotary Club, Absolutely. schools, the Clontarf boys. Yep. Leon's leaving the Clontarf Foundation though, I see. Oh, I didn't mm. know that. That's mm. a shame because he's a, he's, a, he's a really um, um, we've key, been, a key part of that, that program really. Yeah, we've been very spoilt. He's going to work for uh, Parks, I think. Anyway, we'll get Leon in and we will discuss that. But, uh, yeah, I only saw that on Facebook a couple of weeks ago. I know. I missed that one, I must say. Mm. But so as far as like our flood situation, yes, we've been okay at the moment. The rain has held off and now if it can hold off until April, that would be fantastic. We don't need any more rain. Uh, But further downstream, even as you are on the way to Mildura. Yeah, you'll start to see the, um, you know, the Sturt. Sturt Highway yeah. is, uh, you know, down to one lane, uh, the other side of Euston. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that seems to be predominantly because you've seen the condition of our roads. They're just deteriorating. And I think it's largely because the water's getting underneath at that road base mm. and then the, the asphalt itself is just crumbling. So, yeah. you know, we've got roads that just destroyed across the Swan Hill area mm. uh, and, and you'll see a lot of traffic um, signs and warnings about that. Um, and we really need to make sure people drive to the conditions. Yeah. We've had a few people that have uh, become complacent about the signage mm. and they've come flying through some of these areas and they've really done some damage to their vehicles. Um, well, that's their it, own silly fault. It is. <laughs> but, you know, uh, when it comes to uh, a collision where we have injuries and stuff, you know, that becomes mm. my problem and, and I don't like picking digital and you um, shouldn't have to be these people up off the roadway. That that's some the part of the job that none of us like. Yeah. Um, so nor please, should please we slow down. Nor should we be using police resources and emergency responder resources right now on things that could otherwise be avoided. Absolutely. Speaking of road closures, Murray Valley Highway. So that the turn off when you come off the Sea Lake Road. Yep. The golf club's open, and obviously it's local traffic that can use that road. Yes, it is. So for, for please don't. Don't uh, avoid the golf club. It's still open. Yeah. We don't want to have local businesses suffer. And they've st- they've got new chefs and the food is good. It, it is. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good, I must yeah. admit. Mm. Um, but, yes, we've got at Lake Powell there, mm. we've seen uh, the water has managed to, to tunnel itself underneath the road yep. where there's no culvert mm. into the area there. Oh, so there's no culvert there? I don't believe so, no. Oh. So, so I think that's that's our biggest problem that we're worried about is that that road could be undermined. So that's why it's been closed to heavier traffic is my understanding. Yeah, right. Um, so that um, we don't destroy that road mm. uh, to a point where we just – So if there's no culvert, there is every possibility a sinkhole could open up. Yes, absolutely. And that's my biggest fear. Like I won't lie, when I'm driving to Mildura or along the Murray Valley Highway, and I know sometimes <laughs> – irrational fears, I'm not scared of much, but sometimes they're quite irrational. But I know that there are there are culverts underneath the Sturt Highway where they've got it blocked off at the moment and you can see it gushing under, which is fascinating for the kids. So I'm confident that a sinkhole won't open up there, quietly confident. But I didn't realise that there wasn't one at Lake Powell there. Yeah, I don't believe there's a culvert there. I think and that's the that's the concern that um, that we've got, uh, from my understanding. Yeah. I may stand corrected. And that's why that's been um, really restricting that traffic. 
well, so it should be. Yeah. Because imagine that. Imagine if it opened, and this is, again, where my silly mind goes. I think you've been watching a lot of movies, Jade. Yes. <laughs> but imagine if it opened up as you were driving over it. Yeah, that could be really problematic. It could be very problematic. Yeah, they've had Vic Road engineers and all sorts of stuff keeping an eye on that. Yeah, okay. Particular, uh, well, a lot of roads really. Mm. But that one in particular. So uh, I'm not sure when that will open. But, um, but it's really problematic because – Normally we would go via Manang, which is actually not that much further. However, we've now got we've got problems at the uh, Pyangle end of the Murray Valley Highway as well. So, and there's some restrictions there because of some um, deteriorating road conditions. So, um, it's, it's really problematic at the moment. It's cutting, making it really restrictive. Mm. Now we're going to get to Swan Hill. Mm. There was also a road closure between at Chinkapook. Was there one at Chinkapook? There was on the uh, between Manangatang and Sea Lake. Yeah, yeah there was a, there was a, some really deteriorating road conditions there. That weren't quite bad. I think they had to dig quite a bit of road out to fix oh, that. Okay, so I'm not we're sure looking... if it's been fixed yet, but I think I believe it has. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago it was iffy, and you did have to take some of the dirt roads around it. Yeah, um, but again, it made that getting to Swan Hill, even getting to Sea Lake, it was. It's been a, a bit tricky. Really challenging. Yeah. You, know, you get to see a bit of the countryside, but, you know, those roads are not designed, those alternate roads are not mm. designed for the, the traffic that we've um, we've had to put on them. No, so, that's right. Um, you know, and, and Manangatang's nowhere near the river. No, I was going to say, so that's a long way from the river. We've got <laughs> just just the sheer amounts of rain that we've had and those conditions have just ruined the roads. Yeah. Uh, even where there's, there's we haven't got those floodwaters mm. um, undermining the roadways themselves. So. Mm. It's been quite a challenging year, and it's going to be cost a lot of dollars to, um, you know, repair these roadways when, yep. when, when it's all said and done. Mm. So, it's going to be really challenging for for Swan Hill Council and Vic Roads and all those people to mm. to work their way through that. And um, let's face it, the uh, the the flood situation as we know it um, is going to be around till the new year. Yeah, at least. Uh, I mean, in Robinvale, we're we're going to see those the high levels we've got now. Are likely to go through to about Christmas mm. before we start to see uh, them uh, drop down, mm. but it's not going to be. They've come f- back up too recently, have they? After the levee breach, and we it did drop that six inches. Yeah. It's, I noticed yesterday it's come back up, straight back up. Yeah, so one, once that uh, that lake equalised with the river, yep, there was nowhere for it to go again, and mm. up, up she went again. So, um, you know, and and but the river is going to recede really slowly. So mm. we're going to see a really slow drop. It's not going to be. A massive drop, like say for Bulloch, when I did some work down there when they yep. were flooding, they had uh, almost four metre drop in Charlton from from the height. In the Evoca, did they? The Evoca from the wow. peak. It was just under four metres to, to, to where it was back to its normal levels, which was just absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah. And then you've got a completely different beast in the Murray mm. that is just going to take a long time just to slowly. Um, and it's going to get dirtier and... Smellier and and you may see some warnings. Um, I know Swan Hill have had some issues with uh, water quality and mm. you know, the water starting to get a bit smelly and all those sorts of things. So that's what we're in store for as well. Mm. Uh, they're obviously probably a month or more ahead of us in, yep. in what they're dealing with. So mm. so they're some of the quality issues that we're going to be dealing with down the track as well. Mm. Oh, what fun, what fun. I tell you what, it's been a challenging few years. It just doesn't ever seem to let up. Like when when are we going to get a golden year where the crops are actually – because this is the other thing. We had our 
broadacre farmers look like having the best crop they've had in 100 years and then hailstorms come through, wipe out some. The rain doesn't stop, so there's heaps of disease and they can't get into spray and they yeah. couldn't get into harvest and let's hope this sunshine continues. Absolutely. And then the grape gro- table grape growers are struggling to yeah. contain disease. It's, it's and been quite challenging. You, you, you go out to Boundary Bend and you've got some magnificent crops out there. Mm. But they're underwater. Correct. You can't get to them. No. Um, and know. they're not rice. No, they're not rice, but they certainly look like. Yeah. But, you know, and you, as you say, our, our grape growers are firing downy mildew and all those those mm. sort of things that become prevalent with too much moisture. So uh, we can't seem to win at the moment. Mm. Um, I think the only thing we haven't had in the recent, I think locusts is the only thing we're avoiding, but I think there's a warning for that <laughs> too. Can so. you know, I was going to say, <laughs> touch wood. And I saw a couple the other day. I can't remember where I was, but there was a couple on the ground and I went, oh, that'd be yeah. right. This will be the next thing. That may be the only plague we haven't had out of the Bible just so far, but, you know. (laughs) It wasn't that long ago that we did have a locust plague. Indeed, I do recall that. But, uh, you know, we've certainly been challenging. We can't seem to uh, just have just an average season to be okay. with exactly. um, Those sorts of things. But anyway, it's uh, lucky we're, uh, you know, the people of the Mallee are pretty resilient. Yes. Otherwise, uh, you certainly couldn't do this job in... Conditions we live in. No, exactly. It is certainly not for the faint-hearted. Um, let's talk about. I mean, we've s- spoken about the roads and the road between uh, Euston and Mildura, the Sturt Highway. There has it's been patched up a fair bit. It was. It got really bad at one point. But let's talk about Christmas is coming up. Like all of a sudden, it's December. We've had a, a few other things on. Um, <laughs> but Christmas is coming up. And it's always a time f- we need to be reminded sometimes about road safety. No one's going in the river, so we don't need to really. No. But flood water safety, what's the uh, Vic Pole message around Christmas this year? Yeah, look, it's going to be really uh, challenging, particularly because of the deteriorating road conditions. I think I got that out, Jane. Yeah, yeah. Took a little bit of, <laughs> and I can't even edit that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the road conditions are just rubbish, you know, and um, members, uh, everyone's going to be travelling. They're going to see family. They want to get there. We just want them to get safe, you know. Mm. Make, make make the journey part of the holiday. Yep. Don't rush. We want you to get there safely. Uh, we want you to drive to the conditions. Uh, the last thing we want to do over the Christmas period is, you know, have to knock on someone's door and, and you know, spread those terrible news to say that, um, you know, your loved one is in um, um, in hospital or, or, or they've, you know, they've died as a result of, you know, some horrible thing. I've been the recipient of those knocks on the door. Mm. I don't want that to happen to anyone else. Yeah. You know? You've been uh, the recipient. Yeah, look, I've had uh, two of my sons have been in uh, near-fatal oh. um, motor vehicle collisions, separate collisions. So. <sighs> Pretty unlucky. Around the festive season? Uh, one was November last year and he spent – Fair income. Till June in hospital. Oh, you're kidding. Um, and, and, and another one has, has spent, you know, another – he spent six months in hospital thereabouts too. So I understand road trauma from, unfortunately, the perspective of um, the families and, and the victims, mm. you know, what they deal with. And yeah. I don't want anyone to go through that. It's, it's a horrible experience. Yeah. It's taxing. It, um It'll almost bring you to your knees and I don't want to say that to you. Yeah. I don't want to be the person delivering that message because mm. uh, I know how it feels to get it. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, slow down. Cars are a weapon too and I think young people particularly, and not always young people, there are old people who are irresponsible behind the wheel. Absolutely. But the best advice I ever got was every time you get in a car, it's a weapon. When you're driving a car at 100 k's an hour or faster and you yep. hit something – 
the destruction that that causes is weapon-like. Absolutely. And you got to think, you know, a, a, an average car can weigh about two tonne. Mm. Your four-wheel drives, maybe about three tonne. Yeah. You know, that's travelling at 100 kilometres an hour um, to stop that much weight Yeah, is a massive feat. And, you know, if it, if you're not uh, – if you're distracted or you're tired and all those sort of things, it absolutely be, can become that deadly weapon. Yeah. You know, we, we see some of the tragic um, – driver distraction or drive fatigue matters on the roads where, you know, there may be a head-on collision and, you know, um, there's there's now two mm. um, uh, vehicles involved, there's multiple families involved um, who might be just going on their day-to-day duties and, mm. and, and all of a sudden the, their world's been uprooted and all those sorts of things. So, mm. yeah, it's really got to, you know, having a uh, – being able to drive a motor vehicle is a privilege. Mm. You know, it's not a right – People need to look at it that way. Correct. Um, you know, you've got to, you've got to get the experience. Our system's geared towards getting experience to make sure you're responsible on the roadways. Treat it as a right because if you, if you behave in a, in a, a privileged manner right. uh, and, and stuff like that, and, and you're not compliant with this thing, and you're putting people at risk, mm. I'm happy to take your license off you. To keep the community yeah. safe, we will take your license off you, no problems at all. Yeah. Um, if if we think mm. you're acting in a irresponsible or inappropriate manner. There is a good ad on TV and I think it's a rerun of an old ad that uh, the positioning statement on there is the lucky ones get caught. Yeah, you're quite right. Yeah. And you'll see um, that ad you're talking about, you know, you'll see the the bloke and he's going past and he's speeding and he mm. sees the, the police and he's, they've pulled someone else up. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. I'm right. I'm right. And he yeah. speeds up again. The lucky ones get caught. Mm. The, the unlucky ones... In tragedy. Yeah. That's the reality. Mm. Quick question. The other night I was coming home from, and you may may not be able to answer this given that it was New South Wales, but the other night I was coming home on the highway, can't remember what time it was, might have been about 9 o'clock because it was dark, yep. and there was a car that had clearly rolled off the highway and was on its lid. That would be a red four-wheel drive? Yes, it was. Yeah, no, I, I don't know the, um, the history behind that one, mm. uh, but I came across it in the same fashion you did yep. and sent chills up my spine. Yeah. Someone's a person's been in that vehicle whilst that's rolled over, and I haven't heard of a, uh, a fatality or serious no. injury. So perhaps that person's might be really lucky. Yeah, um, I haven't uh, had the chance to catch up with Tom or Tegan from from Houston. Yep, uh, Tom, who see. keeps promising me that he will come on this podcast, <laughs> has been doing that for about two or three years now. Maybe if you do a podcast <laughs> from the pub, you might be all right. You might be able to catch him. While he's not in uniform. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, maybe. Uh, look, I haven't heard any media to say that we've got a, you know, yeah. someone airlifted or anything. So my only conclusion would be there's a very lucky person out there. Yes. Yeah, I couldn't find any reports on it either. Speaking of reports, what a great segue, Jade. Well done. Um, I noticed <laughs> that there are now police reports back in the Sentinel, which is fantastic. Yeah, I've been uh, forwarding. Uh, John uh, Neil asked for updates each Monday and I'll, yep. and I'll try and forward through just to keep the community up to date. Mm. Uh, not to, to, to worry the community, but just to keep them informed about what's happening yeah. around the place. So. Um, you would have seen recently we had a bit of a crime wave mm. going back um, into November. Yep. Um, unfortunately, we had a, a young fellow from here mm. originally who uh, caused a lot of havoc in Mildura, uh, caused a lot of offences, came here, committed a lot of offences here before he was again, we scooped him up in uh, Mildura. So, yeah, okay. Uh, but, you know, the damage was done by then. You know, mm. A lot of 
bit of a rampage, I suppose you would call it, mm. for want of a better word. So Has he been – and I don't know who you're talking about, but has he been guilty of doing that before? Oh, look, the matters are before the court, so yeah. I probably shouldn't comment yeah. no, that's about right. that because, you know, we don't want to go to all this work yeah. and then jeopardise a, a successful prosecution. Correct. Um, my, my other question following that one would be, and we see it often, where people will commit these kinds of offences, they, they end up in court, they get a bit of a slap on the wrist and then they're back out doing it again and we see it time and time and time again. What's got to change to break that cycle? Yeah, it's a it's a really complicated answer, and and, and people uh, look at crime like we've got uh, bad guys and good guys. Mm. It's simply not as, as simplistic as that at all. Mm. You know, there's a lot of grey in the middle. There's people that have uh, have been uh, got mental health problems that, that may be committing offences. What yeah. people that have gone on drugs. That they become that part of that world, mm. cross in and out of both of those those different good guys, bad guys categories. Yeah. Um, so it's really complicated. It's really getting back to the driver of, of that crime. I mean, dr- drugs drive it, a lot of our crime. There's yep. no doubt about that. Mm. Um, and whether it's driving it for them to get money for drugs. Yep. Or um, it's the result of their when they're uh, basically off their head doing these things. Mm. Um, it's a bit of both, I guess, a bit of category A, a bit of category B. But, look, it's really complicated. The bail laws were really tightened up. Um, so as police, we're really um, um, uh, not hamstrung. I'm not sure what the word would be, but there's a lot of onus on us mm. um, and the bail laws are such that most people, if they're at a risk to the community, will likely be remanded to face the magistrate. So. Okay. So for us to grant someone bail, if there's um, – it's, it's really um, hard for us to give bail, yeah, okay. to be honest. Um, but then it goes to a magistrate for them to make that decision. Yeah. And let's face it, they're professionals at um, interpreting the law and some of those mm. things. But, it, look, it's really challenging. Mm. Part of the part of the problem may be, you know, getting um, offenders into rehab facilities. You know, you can't get them in there. We hear horror stories. Yeah. I hear the stories from – from parents uh, mm. themselves saying, I just want to get my child help, but there's no one to send them. Yeah. Um, or I've sent them in there and it's costing me a small fortune mm. to get them into these rehab facilities because mm. they do that. Because what would you not do for your child? Mm. So, look, it's really complicated. Um, mm. Really complicated. Is it frustrating for you as a member of Victoria Police when that does occur, though, when you have denied bail, remanded someone? in custody before a magistrate and then the magistrate gives them essentially a slap on the wrist and lets them go and oh. will, and this is a two-part <laughs> question, and will we will have a, an alcohol and drug rehabilitation facility coming to Mildura? It's been a promise for a number of years now. Yep. Will that do something to offset or is it more of a we've got to get in earlier to as a preventative measure for drugs and other substances to stop that cycle. But again, we've been, this has been a war that has been fought for hundreds of years now, the war on drugs. And I don't know how you win that. I really don't. Yeah, look, essentially the, the, the drug world is supply and demand. Mm. So whilst that demand is there, someone will try and fill that void to supply that. Yeah. So um, that, that's your first hurdle. Mm. You know, if there's demand, 
people will find ways to, to get it. Yeah. That's the ultimate um, problem with that, I guess. With regards to the court systems, that something I, I, I won't go into. You know, I didn't um, think you would. Look. Um, <laughs> I tried the gentle approach. <laughs> yeah, look. Our, our members really work hard, you know. I, yeah. I worked the weekend and there was an incredible amount of work went into uh, a job at Sea Lake where a, a fellow was charged with an armed robbery uh, there. Okay. Uh, there was stuff on the Friday night in Swan Hill. There was a lot of work. The, the detectives from Swan Hill uh, worked a number of excessive hours over the weekend yep. um, to, to keep that community safe, uh, which was fantastic. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, we pride ourselves on the work we do and we do a very thorough job. So, of, of course, we're going to be uh, disappointed at times. Mm. But our job's not to uh, make those decisions. It's to get those people to court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got legal professionals to make yeah. those decisions. yeah. Whether we ultimately agree with them or not, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion about mm. things. But, you know, we're a very passionate bunch. Mm. Um, um, and I can tell you that the excessive hours worked by the detectives in Swan Hill on the weekend was just phenomenal. Uh, what know, was that over? Just to commit, keep the community safe. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a, a dispute in, in, in Sea Lake where a fellow um, used a firearm in, in, in that dispute. Oh. Um, on police? No. Oh. No, no. This is a... We're the aftermath. Yeah, right, okay. We're the mop-up crew. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so no, there's a dispute between two people that, in which a firearm uh, was uh, displayed and, yeah. and produced. Yeah. Not used, thankfully. Okay. But, you know, th- there's a lot of work gone into that to, for police to um, sort that mess out. Yeah. Uh, recover two firearms. Were they stolen firearms? That That's still under investigation. Okay. We're trying to work out where they may have come from. Yeah. That's always a concern. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, uh, unfortunately, some explosives were, were also located. Say what so, now? Yeah, some, explosives? Yeah, some uh, commercial-grade explosives. So, Like out of a mine explosives? Yeah, that sort of. That kind of thing that they'd use in a mine? Yep. Whoa. So these are the things, you know, we've got these small communities. Yeah. You know, you've got you know, your Robinvale and you know, Sea Lake's a, another small community. But there, there are people in the community that – Got things you wouldn't know, would never dream of. Yeah, and these are the things that the, the police are doing behind the scenes that people will never know about. Mm. But um, you know that that was a, a pretty concerning uh, turn of events on on Sunday. Yeah, for, for the for the members to uh, sort that whole job out and then find all that stuff and then deal with that appropriately. And, and, and as you can imagine, police would come across some explosives. Mm. They get a little bit antsy. Oh, I reckon. Did you have to call in the bomb squad? There's, there's a lot of protocols, and that, that's one of the the protocols that has to be made Wow! to, to make a decision about what do we do, mm. what, what is it, who deals with it, all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, so, yeah. The, Did the bomb squad come? They didn't need to come in Damn there it. because it uh, – Again, I'm making up this – I'm picturing all this in my mind's eye. I'm and not I'm quite just... SWAT, but um, – <laughs> That's what I was picturing. <laughs> but, you know, these are things that happen that the community wouldn't know yeah. about. Yeah. But, uh, you know, our biggest concern as police is – these uh, illegal firearms that are out in the community, and they're everywhere. Mm. We know that. You know, there's a lot of people when it came time for the amnesty in 96, you know, buried them and hid them mm. and all sorts of things. Mm. And then you've got the other side of things where they've been, you've got stolen firearms floating around and that's, uh, you know, as an operational police officer, it really worries me mm. as to what me and any of my members are going to face. You know, the last thing we want is a, a scenario where a firearm is produced. Yeah. Or 
you know, if a firearm's um, aimed at police, you know, we've got certain training that in how we respond with that and it's not good for the other person. No. And that's something we never want to have to – we train for that. Mm. We hope that day never comes. Yeah. Have you ever had to use that training in oh. your time on the – how long have you been on the force? Oh, I've been in coming up 17 years. Yeah, wow. So. So have you ever had to use that training to disarm someone that's threatening police with a firearm? Oh, not so much with a firearm, no, because we, we we do a lot of things um, smarter these days. Yeah. Uh, I won't go into our training because I don't yeah, want to yeah. give anyone particularly yeah, yeah. Any, ideas. Any, any, uh, anyone nefarious people out there tips, but yeah. you know, it, we're, we're dealing with safety and we're, we're, we look at the safest way of dealing things yeah. um, to keep our members safe mm. when we're responding to that and the community as well. So, you know, the, the last thing we want to do is – get in a scenario where we're forced uh, into a scenario where we have to draw a weapon because we have no option, you know, that's – we want to turn something that's um, unplanned. Let, let's put some plans around that to make everyone safe and, and you know, then we can resolve things. Time's not, an issue, not a factor. Mm. We'll take as long as it takes um, to try and get a result where people don't get hurt. Yeah, right. Well, that's good to know. We live in a very lucky country. When you look at the news – Overseas, particularly the US, and I always use this as an example, yeah, where 100%. guns reign supreme and the yep. right to bear arms is one of their most coveted laws, which to me is mind-boggling. Yeah, it's a really um, alien um, thought process yeah. to, to me. it's just bizarre. And I lived in the States for a while. Mind you, that was mid-2000, so a long time ago. Yep. And it, you didn't really notice it then, but I feel like it's been amplified you know, yeah, perhaps it has. I don't know if it's perhaps reported upon. More, yeah, but I know um, certainly from a personal view, um, the amount of um, law enforcement officers in the US that are killed in the line of duty every year, yeah, astronomical. Yeah, if that happened in Australia, there's no way the Australian public would no um, would, would have that. Would never put up with that. And nor should we. Neither would we. Yeah. Um, so we live in a really lucky country. Yeah, we really do. And you know what? On that note, we will leave it there. Please keep us updated with the, the flood situation. Is there any other messages that you need to give us this week? Because, you know, we might have a bit of time to do a couple more of these before Christmas, but um, I suppose just stay out of the flood water. Yeah, look, stay out of the flood water. You know, people are starting to have our Christmas parties and things like that. Mm. Please get a designated driver. Yeah. Get a taxi. Yeah. You don't want to see anyone um, driving, um, driving home. Mm. You, know, you lose your licence, you lose your job. Worst case scenario, you know, you, you may have a collision or something like that. Things can go pear-shaped really quickly. Mm. And, um, you know, if you're alcohol-affected, it becomes not just an accident. Mm. It becomes a collision and it becomes criminal offences involved. We don't want to see that. No. We want to see everyone have a ripper time at their Christmas parties, a few sherbets, <laughs> and, um, you know, just get home safe and sound. That's all we'd like to see this Christmas. Excellent. And on that note, we will leave it there. Senior Sergeant Dale Long, thank you very much. No worries. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Vale Podcast. Find more local stories in Mildura Living Magazine.